Hey, so guess what? After four years of podcasting, here's a topic we have yet to cover. The differences and the pros and cons between chip sharing versus chip pooling. It's a hot topic. We're going to cover it on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. We cover marketing, operations, and everything in between. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three P's? They stand for Profit process and progress. If you got a busy restaurant but struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profit month after month, then set up a free 30-minute strategy session. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions to see if you're a good fit for the program. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Have you read the 2023 State of the Industry Report from the National Restaurant Association? There's a lot to digest in that 41-page paper, but that's where you can lean on Spot On, the presenting sponsor of that report. As its top-rated restaurant technology company, Spot On leads from the front. Not only are they helping restaurant operators make sense of our changing landscape, they're working directly with restaurants to overcome challenges with innovative solutions. Their handhelds and QR ordering can help you turn more tables while creating a better guest experience. On the back end, their labor management tools can save up to 20 hours per week on tasks like scheduling, payroll, and tip distribution. And when it comes to rising costs, Spot On's reporting gives you the real-time data you need to make informed decisions about your menu, your employees, and your operation. Best of all, Spot On's direct online ordering puts you in control of your takeout and delivery operation without the third-party commissions. They've got all these tools in one integrated system backed by a customer support team that actually answers the phone. Learn more by visiting spoton.com slash chip. That link is also in the show notes. Okay, so in today's episode, we're talking about tip pooling, specifically talking about the differences between a tip share and a tip pool. We're going to, uh, we're going to uh, put to bed some rumors. Uh, we're going to talk about actually what those two things are. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of each, and then we're going to make an actionable uh, course of action, actionable uh, takeaways here, so that if you say, hey, I want to move from tip sharing to tip pool, uh, you'll know a great way to go about it. But before we dive in, I got to right up front, I got to give my Legal disclaimer, I am not a lawyer. I am not an accountant. This is not legal advice. This is merely guidance. This is me trying to uh, dust some of the fog off of this topic because we haven't covered it, and I know a lot of people are curious about it, and so we're going we're gonna to dig into it. I've been in the industry for 23 years. I've worked in tip share houses. I've worked in tip 
pool houses, right? So so I, I've worked on, on both sides. I've seen the pros and cons, the benefits and, and the detractions from, uh, from either one. And the bottom line is either one can work, but they don't work for every restaurant. So we're going to get in the, into this and we're going to get in the weeds a little bit so that you understand which one works for what kind of restaurant in my experience. If you want to move forward, you have to seek legal advice. You have to seek uh, out uh, the, the guidance, uh, the support of, uh, of a tax professional and an attorney because, because uh, in this country here in the United States where I am, federal law is such uh, that some of this stuff gets kicked down to the state level and even the municipal level, the township, the city level. You have to understand how the laws pertain in your particular market. And we've got listeners from 65 different countries all over the world and tips are distributed in different ways and there's different laws about how they can get distributed. So I am not a tax professional. I am not an attorney. I would not even pretend one. I wouldn't even play one on TV. I'm just giving you a little bit about what I know and giving you some guidance about how to do it. I'm assuming then you're going to go seek all the legal counsel you need so you know how to do it uh, You know how to do it legally and then come back and use this as sort of a blueprint for the best way uh, to, to begin that relationship with your staff so that they know you've got their best interest in mind. Because that's the bottom line of all of this. You've got their best interest in mind. That's my disclaimer. Let's begin then, let's really begin this conversation by talking about tip sharing versus tip pooling. These are different things and oftentimes these words get mixed up. Let's talk about what, what the first one is tip sharing. Tip sharing is typically what most restaurants are. That a server makes their tips, right? Typically they make 15 or 20% on every single check, right? They collect those tips, and then if they're sharing their tips, because we're assuming that there is support staff, there's a bartender that helps them, there's a busser that helps them, there's a hostess uh, that help them, there are, there are maybe food runners or barista, that every restaurant is different, but oftentimes you have to tip out your support staff. That is tip sharing. Unless a server is doing everything, making her own drinks, making her own coffees, running her own food, clearing all her own tables, we're assuming that there are support staff that are uh, that need to be uh, uh, participating in those tips. The way you do that is through a tip share. That is tip sharing. So server gets all their tips from the table and gives some portion of that out to the support team. Now, in a tip share model, you can do this one of two ways. Either you can divvy up a percentage of the tips that are gathered, right? So 10% goes to the runners, 7% goes to the bussers, 2% uh, go to the hostesses, uh, 12% go to the bar, whatever it is, that a share, a percentage of the tips. And so typically it's anywhere between 20 and maybe 35 or 40% of your tips, depending how many support staff uh, are, are in that um, are in, in that house, how many support team members uh, you lean on. So you take those uh, tips and you divvy them up. You can split them up either by a share, a percentage of tips, or by a percentage of sales. There is no right way or wrong way to do it. But when we're talking about tip sharing, you're doing one or the other way. Now, really important, this is to, this is to note, we get into some gray area now because we're gonna start talking about tip pooling, but oftentimes, let's say there are 10 servers on the floor and they all have to tip out 10% of their tips to the busing team. So they divvy up, they take, let's say they make, uh, let's say they make $100 just for the ease of this conversation. Let's say there are 10 servers, they each give up 10% uh, 
of their tips. They all made $100, just to keep this really easy. So they all give $10, right? So 10% of their $100, they all give $10 to the busing team. Oftentimes then the bussers will split those tips up then evenly amongst themselves, right? Because what happens is that they end up helping each other, they help each other reset tables, they help each other clear tables, uh, they help each other with side work, all of that. Or there's another way where a server maybe works with one busser and just tips out their busser, right? So there are different ways to split those up, but when we talk about a tip share, that's what we're talking about. A server takes all their tips and gives out a portion of those uh, as dictated by the tip share policy to each of those individual support team members. This is how it works sometimes in small restaurants and big restaurants. That is tip sharing. And I'm guessing that's what most of us know, um, uh, uh, tips, that's how most of us understand that tips are distributed. I think that's how um, most of the restaurants that I worked in early in my career uh, worked that way. But then I've spent a majority of my career in fine dining, and fine dining, typically, at least in New York City, in this market, uh, fine dining mostly does tip pooling. So let's talk about what tip pooling is. Tip pooling, then, is where all of the servers gather all of the tips they made, they all put them into one pool, right, into one pot, and then it gets divvied up. It gets divvied up either, typically, through one of two ways. Either by hours worked, or a more nuanced version is by points, right? That a captain would make more than a back waiter. A back waiter would more, make more than a busser. Um, a, a runner would make more than a back waiter. A barista would make less than a busser. There are points, right? So a server makes 10 points, a, a runner makes eight points, a busser makes six points, the, uh, the a barista makes three points, a host makes one or two points. Right, so you put in all the tips and you divide it by the number of points that are on the floor that night and then you multiply it by how many points that position gets. Typically in fine dining, everyone shows up together and everyone leaves together. Or there's an opening team and a closing team, but everyone pretty much works the same seven or eight or nine hours. So you divvy it up by points. Other restaurants are a little more complicated, right, because uh, people are coming and going at, at different times, so they split up the tips by hour. There is no wrong way, and I've even worked in restaurants where they do it by points and by hour, which is, again, another layer of complexity um, that you can add to it to make a tip pool work. That's what we're talking about by a, a tip share versus a tip pool. What happens is that one server when we're talking about a tip share model, one server might make a lot more money than another server. Or three or four servers might do really well, three or four servers might do okay, and one or two might do really badly, right? So that's one of the downsides of a tip share. A tip pool is more equitable, right? So everyone throws their money in, it's distributed evenly. You don't have your crazy good nights, but you're also not gonna have your crazy bad nights. So if you get stuck in the patio section and it's raining and you only get one and a half tables and then the rain comes and they move inside to somebody else's station, you don't lose that income. Right, you, you sort of it softens the blow. Again, you're not going to have the crazy good nights. You're not also going to you're not going to have the crazy bad nights. Those are the two methodologies for how we distribute tips in this country, in particular, in the United States. Because in the United States, most service, uh, most front of house service team members get paid uh, sub minimum wage. We've got something called the tip credit. I don't have to tell you guys that you you know this. Most states, most uh, towns, most cities have a tip 
credit so that front of house uh, hourly workers can make below minimum wage because the argument is that restaurant owners say, well, they make way above minimum wage when we uh, when we add in their tips. So we shouldn't have to compensate them to minimum wage. That's the argument. We can talk about tip credit for another time. Right now, it's just to understand tip sharing versus tip pooling. Let's get into the benefits of a tip share, and then let's talk about the benefits of a tip pool so we really understand this a little bit better. So on a tip share, we gotta say this right up front, there's less admin work uh, on the part of the staff to collect those tips and to uh, divvy up the tips, uh, certainly in the way that you would for a tip pool. A tip pool takes uh, time and, and it takes an extra layer of paperwork to collect all that, make sure we're counting for all the money that was gathered and making sure everybody is on the tip pool, everybody's marked correctly and make sure it's getting split up the way it's supposed to get split up. With a tip share, sort of every server is responsible for tipping out their support, uh, the support staff. And so there is less admin work on the part of sort of the management team or the staff in general. So it's a little bit easy. That work gets sort of split up more, uh, more evenly. Also, and this goes without saying, um, that a lot of people feel like a tip share model incentivizes the servers to work harder because they quote unquote, eat what they kill, right? So I'm gonna work really hard to turn my tables and get one extra table and to get that extra bottle of wine on the table because I know I see the direct benefit from that, unlike a tip pool, where even if I have a great table, if I get that extra bottle of wine, I get a really good tip, I'm not gonna see mo most of that because it's gonna get divvied up among all of the team members, right? It's a really important uh, note to be made. We can, again, talk about whether that's true or not, but most people feel like uh, like the tip share models that you get to servers eat what they kill, and so it incentivizes them to work harder to go the extra mile because they are gonna see the direct benefit. It goes without saying then, the last benefit that I wanna highlight here is that most servers are used to this model, so they're more comfortable with it usually, and so it's gonna take less explaining when you go to hire them. They feel comfortable, they know what it is, especially if they're good servers, they know they can make money there, no problem. The flip side though, and I have to talk about one of the detractors, right? One of the cons here is that oftentimes in that kind of model, right? The senior servers get the best shifts, the best sections, and the best tables. So a lot of times when you get a new server coming in, it's hard for them to get the good nights, it's hard for them to get the good stations, it's hard for them to get the big VIPs, the big spenders, those good tables. And it makes sense, on the part of the owners and the managers, I want my best tables going to my best servers. People who have been here a while, people I know I can rely on, rather than the new people who might be a little green, who, who I don't know as well. But that makes it harder for new people to sort of make their way in. And a lot of times you get churn at the bottom, right? That a lot of people come in, they feel like they can't make the money they need to make and they leave, they go somewhere else. That's just something we have to point out when we're talking about a tip share. So those are the benefits and one, and one sort of big um, glaring con, at least in my opinion. So then let's talk about a tip pool. So let's talk about the benefits first of a tip pool, right? It allows you to split up those tips more equitably among the staff. We know this, there's incredible, uh, there's an incredible amount of data out there that shows that tipping is both, uh, is discriminatory, right? That women make less tips than men, uh, that individuals of color make less uh, tips than, uh, than Caucasian uh, servers. That is well documented. So one of those things, one of the things we do right off the bat is we sort of level the playing field there, right? That's a big thing and we can't go any further without mentioning it. Number two, 
I've always found that a tip pool promotes more teamwork, and that really helps with the culture in a restaurant. As long as you get by and as long as everyone feels like they're getting taken care of, right? A tip pool really does promote that teamwork because uh, it's not that, oh, that's not my table. They're all my table. So I'm going to dive in. I'm going to make sure that table gets greeted. I'm going to make sure they that table gets an extra, uh, an extra uh, round of cocktails. I'm going to clear them. I'm going to help uh, deliver dessert menus. I'm going to help drop the check so I can turn those tables so we can get more people in the front door because ultimately I do participate in that other server's tables. That's really important, and that's one of the biggest things I've found. It promotes teamwork, which ultimately helps with culture and makes uh, for a better environment. I found that every single um, every single uh, pooled house that I've ever worked. Finally, then, right, it helps servers come tax time. Right, a lot of times, uh, not all the time. A lot of times, though, when you do a tip share, uh, people just uh, uh, just uh, take their own tips home, right? So they're either taking cash home. Uh, which means that the uh, that the managers have to constantly make back run- bank runs. Uh, the managers are constantly having to spend time an hour or two at the end of the night just tipping out servers, right? Or the bartenders are doing that. That it helps come tax time uh, when you do a tip pool because uh, number one, you don't have, to have all the cash on hand, so that's not a tax issue. That's more of a sort of housekeeping issue. But then come tax time, everybody's tips go on to their paycheck. So you actually are declaring what you make. You don't get in trouble with the IRS. And when you go to apply for, let's say, a car loan or a mortgage, uh, what you actually made is actually there on paper. So you can say, yes, this is how much I make, rather than saying, oh, a lot of, a lot of what I make is in cash and I don't declare that. Bank's never gonna approve you for a mortgage, let's say. This is a really big deal, and I know a lot of owners feel this way, that they're helping servers, even servers who feel like they don't want a tip pool, uh, and, and they don't benefit from the tip pool, but they're saying, they come from that place of saying, well, I've got more age, I've been around, I've got more experience, and I'm gonna help you even though you don't see this yet. You don't realize this maybe to a young staff of waiters, uh, but there's uh, they're helping them out in some way. And, and it is true, it is true. Now, in a tip share, you can just collect tips Servers can you know, keep what they make and they can get uh, tipped in their paycheck. That happens in plenty of places, I'm well aware. But it's more prevalent in a tip pool system in my experience as I've seen it. Now the one thing that we do have to say is a, as, a, as a con, as a detractor from a tip pool, right, is that a lot of servers don't like it, especially good servers who are hungry, who are tenacious, who are, who are assertive and aggressive. They want to eat what they kill, and they know they, can, they know they can make great tips. They know they can turn tables. They know, they, uh, they know how to increase check average and, 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 and really milk each table, and, and they want to see the direct benefit of that. So a lot of times you'll get seasoned waiters who come in, they find it's a tip pool, and they don't want to work there. That is a con. You have to find the right people who see the benefit of what you're building. And yes, yeah, sometimes it can be harder to find staff because of that. But I don't think the cons necessarily outweigh the pros in that instance. Again, there's tip sharing, tip pooling. That's where we're starting the conversation so we understand what they are. We understand the benefits and some cons from both. After the break, we're gonna go a quick word from our sponsor. I wanna talk about how you understand which one is right for you, and then I wanna talk about the best ways that you can implement, how you can take action. If you sit here and say, hey, uh, I think I do wanna try out a tip pool, um, how you might do that. And again, it's not right for everyone. We're gonna talk about how you can understand what's right for you. Then if you do wanna make the move, we'll talk about the the right steps to, to do that. All of that in just a second after a word from another one of our sponsors. Now. 
Today's episode of Restaurant Strategy is also brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Great restaurants are built by great teams, and Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, hit labor targets, and keep your entire team connected. With drag-and-drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more, it makes restaurant work a lot easier. From back of house to front of house, managers, franchise owners, and even larger corporate teams, Seven Shifts has benefits at every Every single level. Plus, it integrates with the other systems your restaurant already uses, like POS and payroll. Turn your team into your competitive advantage. Plus, Restaurant Strategy Podcast listeners get three months absolutely free. Get started at sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurant strategy to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using Seven Shifts today. Again, sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy, and that link, of course, is in the show notes. Now we're talking about the difference between a tip share and a tip pool. We're sort of uh, trying to uh, to take the uh, the mystery out of what a tip pool is, in case you're not familiar with it. By far, the more common one is tip sharing. I want to get into, right, we talked about the pros and cons. I want to get into how you can know which one is right for you. And then if you decide to move forward, uh, I want to I want to guide you through how best to take action on it, right? So how do you know which one is right for you? First and foremost, you gotta understand the size and structure of your team. Right up front, I will say that most of the time you find a tip pool in very small casual restaurants, like a fast casual, where you just have a tip jar, right? Everybody, uh, you collect the tips at the end of the shift and you sort of split them uh, one way or another. Or you find this a lot of fine dining, right? So that's where you find a tip pool a lot. But a lot of it is changing, and it's sort of making its way down into more casual restaurants as well, full-service, family restaurants, things like that. You have to understand the size and structure of your restaurant to know how you might begin to collect and divvy up those tips if you decided to put a tip pool in. Number two, you've got to understand the laws. Laws are different in all 50 states. Uh, federal law it differs uh, uh, from uh, your state sometimes, uh, oftentimes. Uh, and it's also different in your mu- uh, municipality, right? So even within Los Angeles County, it's different in, let's say, West Hollywood. I know that. Santa Monica has different laws than necessarily Los Angeles at large. You have to understand, like I said at the beginning, right, my legal disclaimer, I'm not an accountant. I am not a legal professional. You have to look at your labor laws. You have to consult an attorney and an accountant so that you understand what you can and can't do. Finally, the third thing uh, to, to understand which one is right for you, you got to understand your market and you got to understand the culture within your market. So I, I've worked most of my career in New York City. I am well aware that in a market, uh, in a large market like this, tip pooling is more, uh, more common. I certainly come across it more often. Uh, I would say the majority of the restaurants that I've worked in over my 20 years here in New York City have been tip pools. I am sort of biased because that's what I see. I'm well aware of it. So if you say, hey, I really wanna do this, you gotta look around and see if there are other restaurants doing it. I, I I would consult them to see what they do, how they do it, what they found, and see if you can get some insight and advice from them, right? They don't, they don't bite. These other owners should be there to help you. You guys should all be helping each other. But look around because they might say, yeah, man, we tried it, but it's been horrible. Or they might say, yeah, no, we did it. It's actually been really refreshing. You, you're gonna learn something. But if you're gonna roll it out in a, in a market that doesn't really do it, you've gotta know that there's sort of a, a learning curve. There's an education curve that's gonna be required, all right? 
That's how to understand. That's how you begin to understand whether it's what which one is right for you. The last thing I'll say is that you should you should talk to your staff. If this is what you're going to do, not all your staff, but maybe some key staff members, right? People on your management team, maybe your lead server, just to get their sense of of what their what their feeling is. Because at the end of the day. You are doing this for them and, and you want them to understand it. You're gonna need buy-in from them if you decide to make the switch from a tip share to a tip pool, or for that matter, from going backwards from a tip pool to a tip share. So let's say you're running a tip share. Uh, this is what I think most of the restaurants out there are doing. And you say, this tip pool sounds good. I wanna change the culture of my restaurant. I wanna make, uh, you know, make a more equitable division of how we distribute those tips. Uh, I, I wanna create a better culture and teamwork. Great. How do we do it? Like I said, first things first, you got to understand which is right for you. Before you take action, you've got to do some research. You got to talk uh, to people in your market. You got to do do a little digging here so you know which one is right for you. It also goes without saying that you need to operate with absolute transparency. So I worked with a guy uh, years ago who said, Managers don't touch the tip pool money. That is not our money as managers. That belongs to the staff. The staff collects it, the staff divvies it up, right? So the staff would, uh, maybe the closing server or the closing bartender would do the tip sheet. They would deliver that tip sheet to the manager and the manager's job would then be to put it into uh, an Excel spreadsheet or to you know uh, add that into payroll. But we didn't divvy that up. We didn't take role to see who was here, how many hours they worked, how many busters, how many runners, how many captains. It was not our job, it was not our money. So they collect it, they figure out how to divvy it up, they give us the final worksheet and say, here it is. Then it's the manager's job just to make sure that that money gets accounted for and put into the appropriate paychecks. Transparency is key because it is not your money as an owner, as an operator. It is the service staff's money. Even if you are creating the tip pool and deciding how that uh, the, those tips are gonna get divvied up, because remember, everyone's gonna always want a bigger piece of that pie, a bigger piece of the pool, it's your job to operate with absolute transparency so that people understand what is happening with their money. It doesn't go into a black box and then magically get distributed. They have to know this is how much money was turned in, here's the total, and here's the money, here's how that money was distributed. Transparency is absolutely key. You need a written policy, you need a uh, tip book, right? Either on a computer where everyone can access, right? Keep it in the cloud, uh, or it's got to exist hard copy somewhere in the restaurant where people can see every day what they made the night before, two nights before, right? You've got to over-communicate everything regarding the structure of that tip pool and the timeline. So if you're going from a tip share to a tip pool, you've got to make sure that everyone understands when this change is happening, what is happening, and what to expect. They have to have plenty of time to gear up and get ready for it and to ask questions, right? Like I said a second ago, you've got to have a written policy. It's got to be very clearly articulated. It's And you've got to get it to people in time so that they've got time to ask questions. Rolling it out at the last minute and then, and then launching the program isn't going to curb questions. It's going to just start arguments. You've got to make sure that you over-communicate this, that you've got a clear structure. It's a written policy, plenty of transparency, so that you've got plenty of time to field whatever questions arise. 
Again, I'm gonna end the way I began. You have to seek legal counsel to make sure you are, uh, you're keeping to the letter of the law, that you're doing what you're allowed to do, right? Yes, you wanna divide these equitably. Yes, you wanna do what's right for everybody, but you also have to do it within the frame of the, the framing of the law. Please do not mess around with this. Too many restaurants have gotten sued, are in the process of getting sued, right? One of the things, right, managers in the tip pool. If you've got any sort of managerial duties, those people cannot be in the tip pool. You're gonna to have to understand this by talking to your attorney so that they can walk you through who can and cannot be in that tip pool, who you can distribute those tips to. Finally, this is the last piece I'll say, is you have to lead with this now moving forward. If you say, hey, we're gonna do a tip pool, we launch a tip pool, you've gotta make sure that all new hires know that during the interview process, right? Maybe even during the, on the, on the job listing, uh, you know, on, on the job posting. You've gotta make sure, you've gotta, if you're proud of it, which I assume you are if you're gonna do this, you've gotta lead with that and say, hey, we do this for the following reasons. Creates uh, more teamwork, creates a better culture, helps us uh, divide tips more equitably, right? It helps us uh, make sure that people make, uh, have, have even pay all throughout the year, all of those things. You gotta make sure that they understand that you are doing this for their benefit. But if somebody doesn't wanna do it, you gotta give them the chance to know that right up front. Plus, it's gonna save you the investment. If you invest you know, two days, three days, four, five days training them, and then they back out, because then they find out, feels like the bait and switch at the last minute, they find out it's a pool house, well, then you've wasted all of those five days of training pay. Don't get yourself in that situation, lead with it. People who really don't wanna be a part of it, you wanna give them the chance early on to back out. So that's it, the difference between tip share and tip pool, the pros and cons, understanding which one is right for you and then how best to roll it out. There's all kinds of great resources online. And if you've got questions, you can reach out to me directly, chip at chipclose.com. That's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. I'd love to answer any of those questions that you have and I'd love to point you in the direction of some people who can help you if I can't. Again, before I let you go, I wanna remind you about my P3 Mastermind program. Uh, I chat with owners and operators every single week to bring people into the program. We bring somewhere between 10 or 15 new people into the program, split between three different groups. It's an incredible community, it's an incredible network, and I promise you, the work works. People are seeing the real impact of the work. If you're curious, again, if you're doing a lot of revenue, if you've got loyal customers, you've been around for a while, you're just struggling to drop it to the bottom line, that's something I can help with. Get in touch. Restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Set up a call. We'll learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll learn more about the program. You ask some questions about the program. We'll see if you're a good fit for the program, and then we'll talk about what the next steps look like. Again, you'll find that link in the show notes. I appreciate you guys being here. I know there are a lot of great podcasts every single week. I appreciate carving out time for this one. Thank you very much, and I will see you next time.